Hi, welcome back after the break. And I'm delighted today to be joined by Eric Schnuckel. Eric, I hope I've pronounced that correctly and not, not sort of done injustice to your German German roots. Uh, it's perfect, uh, Johnny. Thank you for having me on the show, and uh, it's great to be great to be here. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, um, Eric, you, you're you're involved with an outfit called Two Tokens, um, and you've written an article about Mica giving sort of some sort of clarity on tokenization, but there's still some way to go. But before we get into the article, would you mind just giving the listeners just a very brief background as to what you did before you got involved in sort of tokenization and blockchain and stuff like that, and and then perhaps just explain a little bit about what are you doing with two tokens? Yeah, actually, so about seven, eight years ago, I was working for this accountancy software firm, uh, looking, doing some research on on adding new functionality to the accountancy software and, um, and stumbled upon Bitcoin and thought, hey, that would be nice to do some peer-to-peer -peer payments. We had about 400,000 registered users in the Benelux and would be nice to do some, something like that um, as a very, very new thing. So in my background within accountancy and accountancy software, mm -hmm. done a lot of things there. Uh, th this was uh, an eye-opener to make that possible, make payments possible without using banks. And, and um, well, in the end, it didn't work out that way because it was uh, very early. Very uh, early sorry. days, that was. That's very, very early. And um, it's not that easy to implement that into an uh, accounting system either. So, uh, but learned a lot, never left the space since, and uh, been doing a lot of things on uh, crypto and blockchain uh, um, since then. Um, and within two tokens, we do a lot on um, bringing projects to the market. So doing research on projects, open source with larger companies and startups, bring them together and um, try to standardize um, value change using uh, crypto and blockchain and Web3 solutions over value chain. So not in silos, but through the whole life cycle of products or even documents like invoices. Right, so that sounds very impressive. What do you mean, though? So give, give some examples of some of the projects um, that you've been sort of working on and, and what, are, what are the problems they're actually solving? Yeah, so if, if you take something simple like an invoice, um, it, it, it's quite a simple document. Uh, you know the value because it's printed on the document. Um, uh, companies, small and large, they send out invoices, tons of them every day, but they have to wait for their money for a long, long time sometimes, um, especially if you send them to the government, it might take you an age, ages before you, they, they, they pay your invoices. Very true. Um, so if you if you tokenize them and make it possible to, to finance them, um, so have the money today, um, and then still track what's happening uh, during the life cycle of the invoice, um, that gives, gives um, businesses an opportunity to grow and to do the things they want to do and not chasing their money all the time. So creating a standard for an invoice because you have to create something that is standardized, but you don't want to disclose all the information on the invoice, but also, but still the, the guys that want to fund that invoice wants to know, want to know the validity of it. They want to know the amount. They want to know if their the clients of these these companies are good for their money so you have to disclose some of that information but not all um and make sure that you disclose it only to the people that want to fund you and not to your competitor who just wants to know what you pay for your um 
copy paper or your your um, whatever you need in the company. Okay, but what's, what's the difference between that and factoring though? Because you could go to a factory and you could, um, you know, you could actually, you know, get get money, get source of finance that way. Yeah, true. That's that's completely true. You can do that, and the factoring companies are quite expensive. Right. Um, um, within blockchain, you can make sure that an invoice is only uh, financed once. So you, what you have, you know, the double spend problem, right? That Bitcoin solves. You have the double lend problem that you solve by tokenizing it. So you can you can check easily what the status of that invoice is um, because you follow that everything that happens to that to that invoice is is. Uh, registered online is registered on on a blockchain, so you can follow what happens, and you know that it's only be funded once. So and it's paid. You know that it's paid by the client, and so you know you had your your money is getting getting back if you're an investor or the the the, the lender. So that, that that's that's much more transparency. Uh, goes much faster than the uh, traditional um, factoring company. So yeah, that's that's the thing that it solves. Right, speed, right. speed, transparency, and and cheaper. Okay, okay, and and uh, and this is what for all sorts of different businesses. What was it mainly sort of small, medium sized businesses that this is finding? Actually, everybody, actually, everybody can use it, and we're talking, and we are talking uh, as two tokens. We we give that to the market because we we designed that with a couple of partners in there, like companies like DeFactor or Krause in the US. Um, um, banks in Avian, like Avian Amro in the Netherlands, we together we work on trying to um, uh, contain that problem and make sure that we do the tokenization in 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 a, in a sense that we understand. And what happens then? So every everybody can use that standard to make sure that they tailor that to their needs. So the way they they provide liquidity, whether it comes from uh, DeFi protocols uh, within the blockchain, or they go to traditional investors, or they create a fund to uh, make sure that they have the money to 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 um, lend out uh, to these people that request money. Uh, that's that's up to the people that take this standard and make it into a product. Right, right, okay. So, so what Two Tokens is doing is is rather getting bogged down in the sort of uh, the, the technical side of things. He's very much trying to provide commercial business solutions and you know obviously you've got an example there of effectively unlocking capital faster through invoicing but you've also done stuff in the in the energy field you've worked with the port of right. rotterdam in terms of bills of lading um you've been doing stuff with um, notaries in terms of helping to um digitize the whole process of sharing so there's quite a range of different businesses nothing to do with crypto but actually do with commercial applications of the technology Actually, using the technology that's available, and whether it's crypto or not, is is, is yeah, we, we, that's our starting point. But if we decide that for a specific part of what we offer, crypto is not necessary, we won't use it, of course. Um, but that's a thing that we discover when when talking to the large companies and the startups together to make sure that we offer something to the market that is useful. Got it. Got it. And can you explain a little bit because? The article you talk you talk about the masterclasses. So, right. um, how, what 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 are these masterclasses, um, or how would you describe them? Um, I'm being um, a little bit tongue in cheek here because I know um, you kindly asked me to come along and and uh, present the last one, which we very much were trying to draw on examples, and we got examples from Switzerland and America and the UK and and Germany. But 
would you mind just telling the listeners, you know, what was the idea behind the masterclasses and just a, an overview of what, what the different topics that you cover? Well, there's a lot of unknown about Web3, about blockchain, about uh, uh, crypto uh, within companies. And we try to, with the masterclasses, we try to uh, share that information to our our partners and actually anyone who wants to register for the uh, for the masterclass um it's a session it, it, it's five or six days sessions or four hours where we even create a token so that people understand how easy it is to create a token so that the token itself is not the solution right it's yep. how you embed the token in your in your value chain in your processes which makes it more challenging and how we we talk about the legislation that um, covers the way you use tokenization in, in your value chain and what's possible there and what's not possible there. And so that's also where MICA comes along because MICA gives a framework based on the information the, um, the uh, legislators had about three years ago. And uh, since this is a rapid uh, uh, growing market, um, there is a lot of things that we do now that was that's not in my car because we, we didn't know that it was coming. Um, so three years ago, we didn't know that my car um, was coming at all. We we didn't know my was covered. Uh, well, it was, of course, started because of the uh, Libra project that um, um, started um, back then. And everybody was worried that um, Facebook would take over the market there. So we need to have some regulation here. So that's when we when the EU started with MICA. But things like NFTs and the way NFTs are used, non-fungible tokens, that is, that's not covered in MICA because we didn't talk about them three years right. ago. Right. And and that's what we try to explain in 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 these master classes, going back to value propositions, how you can use tokenization in there, um, and and then make sure that everybody understands the terminology and also do some handwork by creating a token um, give some insights in the history of uh, tokenization but also in the history of money if you use uh, token tokens as a financial instrument and what the the law uh, means to you there okay and and the attendees they're quite a cross selection of sort of professional advisors um you, you've got you know obviously companies that are looking to know more about this some of them already doing uh, you mentioned Avian Amra, for example. That you know that they've they've attended, I know, and that they've already issued um, digital debt instruments and got a whole series now lined up um, for new issuance they're looking to try and do over the next sort of year or so. So a, a range of expertise and knowledge, but it's really trying to draw it together. And, and these are paid for; people have to pay to come to these things. Uh, but over a series of time, they they can learn from each other as well as the sort of experts you bring in to sort of run run the courses. Yeah, so so we have experts from like CMS, the, the law firm, but also Erasmus University, uh, um, who do the, the academic perspective, um, and that's that's what we want to do. And and in, in the participants come from from that's that's people that just started, until very mature people that are already longer in 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 the scene. Working for a big company, you're right. So ABN Amra was one of the participants there. Uh, they they sent some of their their staff to the to the meetings, uh, to the masterclasses, um, and they did the tokenization of that bond, which was for them an experiment as well, right? To see what was possible, what was happening, and that's what banks do all the time. They experiment a lot, 
but there's a lot of people working for these banks, right? So there's a lot of people that need to be educated and, and, and so that they can really staff these projects with the people that have some basic knowledge and make sure that they understand what they do and how to do it and also or not to do it. That's also a possibility, of course. And within two tokens, we guide them on that journey. We guide companies on that journey. We help them there. Uh, um, and in the end, if things need to be built, they don't need they don't come to us to build it because we're not builders. We're helping it on that journey, trying to advise them what to ask to a builder to create the right. system. So, so you're almost mentoring and coaching. You you're not providing a consulting role and then saying, "Oh, and we can now build and we're we're now blockchain developers." No. You're more of a mentoring and and coaching, exactly, exactly, and helping exactly. to cut out, ask the intelligent questions based on the experience that you and and people like Alex Bosch, you know, have been in the market now for 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 many years, certainly. Yes, yeah, exactly. So we don't want to sit on the on the uh, chair of people who are going to build it for them. We don't guide projects to, uh, I say, uh, deep down, uh, but we help them to make sure that these things find their way within their organization and within the value chain, because it's very important to stress again that these Web3 solutions, tokenization, blockchain are not silos within the company. You need to be able to take information from somebody who's prior to you in your in the process and give it, pass it on to somebody who's uh, after you in the process. And that can be internal, that can be, of course, that can be internal processes as well, but um, most of the time there's also external companies and external parties that you work with that need that information. And, and there is the uh, mutability of, of, of blockchains are very good to, to facilitate that. Okay, and, and what I found interesting, um, you announced, um, this is going back a couple of weeks, so the end of, uh, end of June, beginning of July, you announced that two tokens had been admitted into um, a regulatory sandbox with the with the Dutch government. Can, can you just explain a little about what you're what you're trying to do and why the Dutch government have asked you to join join the sandbox? Well, there's there, there's two different things. There's a European sandbox that we're participating in, but what mm. we are going to do for the Dutch government is to look at the I say the status of um, uh, Web three and, and blockchain companies within Europe and within the Netherlands specifically. So just to see what would be an advantage for them to come to the Netherlands or what's holding them back to stay in the Netherlands or come to the Netherlands and to make sure that there is a more holistic view on how companies should be facilitated by the government um, to make sure that we are doing the thing. So if you, if you want to create a, um, a virtual asset service provider role in the Netherlands, and we have about I think 40 of these in the Netherlands, um, then the, they, they need to know, the government wants to know why they come here, what they need, uh, what their needs are, and what's holding companies back or what's making companies leaving the Netherlands. And that's probably a very interesting research uh, topic to, to make sure that we as the Netherlands or uh, we as Europe make sure that it will be the place to be in the future where uh, blockchain and web three companies will establish themselves and uh, go to market got it got it so and but it's interesting because we're looking at the um the virtual asset service providers vast 
and, and Europe's yeah. actually second only to to Canada. So presumably, MICA, um, by the sort of um, the, the the regulations that you've you've actually have, which um, un, un, under MICA is looking at sort of the market in crypto assets. So it was very much initially looking at sort of the crypto currency sector, but it's given some regulatory guidance. And I know that this doesn't become law till 2024, but nevertheless, it gives some comfort for companies to say, okay, well, Europe's given us a framework. We can work within that. Whereas you've got yes, other Exactly. Which, you, know, you, know the bound, you know the boundaries and they're not, they're not perfect, but at least it gives you guidelines. Uh, until recently, you could go to, um, for instance, the author, authority financial markets and they, they, they would say, I, I don't care what you're going to do. Just do it. And afterwards, we look at it and we do our we had take our supervisory role and see if you've done it properly and 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 Micah gives us uh, the viewpoint from the beginning and not after you've done all your work in, for two years or, or or more and yeah. and that and that's good and it's not perfect we all know that and there will be a Micah 2.0 and there will be a Micah 3.0 <laughs> because of this technology is evolving very fast same as we saw it with the what we do call in the UK open banking we call PSD Two, yep. we're working on PSD three already. Um, yep. Same, same there. It it never will be perfect. It 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 the the possibilities of technology, the possibility of the markets, the demands of the markets of companies, they will all be go always go faster than than um, the the law governing it. Right, but but good to see the government and and I know you you've had some funding from the EU, so this is. You know, two tokens very much at the heart, not just on the commercial side, but talking to governments um, about and helping them to understand the sort of advantage and disadvantage of, of the technology and tokenization of, of um, you know, of, of assets and, and data and such. But Eric, I'm really interesting. If, if people are interested and want to know how to get involved in two tokens, come on a masterclass or, 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 or yourself, is, is the best way to get hold of you on LinkedIn? LinkedIn or just via two tokens.org and uh, reach out to to us. That's that's possible. And and um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Yes. Okay. And it's it's Eric. You, you've slipped an H in there. It's always interesting for an Englishman. So it's E R I C H. Yes, that's the German spelling, right? So, and yeah. uh, well, I suppose it is. I suppose it is. But you know, being 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 a Brit, I suppose we don't normally have. Um, I'm dyslexic. We don't. It's not E R I C K, is it? It's E R I. There's no H, no K. C H. Yes, yes. <laughs> and yeah. Schnuckel. S C H. Yeah. Go on. How am I meant to pronounce pronounce it? It's Schnuckel in German, but um, um, there's not many people that pronounce it that way outside Germany. So, yeah. <laughs> Schnuckel. It sounds almost like you you come from the family of Schmurfs. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit taller though. <laughs> you certainly yes, are. You make a great basketball player, I can tell you. <laughs> All right, Eric, re really, really interesting. And um, obviously, if you'd like to get a copy of Eric's article, then um, you know, please uh, reach out to Eric um, on LinkedIn, or or you can contact myself, Johnny Fry, also um, on LinkedIn. And um, we'll hopefully uh, get you back. Um, be great to get you back towards the end of the year because I know you're working on a number of different projects, and it'd be great to get some feedback. Um, as to Always both how the masterclasses yeah. are going and some of these other projects, because you are solving real problems as opposed to, um, you know, saying here's a solution. Now, where's this best going to work? So um, really, really interesting stuff, Eric. 
Yeah, and and the master classes start again in September. So after summer, the we start the next series of master classes, and they run about every two weeks um, until the end of the year. Brilliant. Okay, Eric, thank you very much, and um, we look forward to speaking to you as I say later in the year. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Johnny.